Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is a Thunder and Lightning exclusive here on Supertalk.fm and Supertalk Mississippi. Brian Adat here. NIL is the name of the game in college sports uh, as we're as we're speaking. The the game is changing, it's evolving, and a lot of things have come to pass in the past few months that are that are really putting uh, college football and college athletics in a, in a much different atmosphere than it's been before. Uh, from the Mississippi State perspective, the Bulldog Initiative is the NIL collective of note uh, for the Bulldogs, and they are the ones trying to get Mississippi State into that place and into that the race, basically, for, for college athletes. Charlie Winfield is here with me. He is heading up the Bulldog Initiative. You know, NIL started out... At, I, I, we thought it was going to be okay. These guys can get some endorsements, and you know they can give. You know, tennis players can give lessons, and now it's turned into these collectives. So my first question is more like, what exactly is a collective, and how does it work? Yeah, and I think to answer that, you kind of have to go back in time to talk a little bit about what you just said, which mm-hmm. is the way it started. And you think back after Omaha last year, we mm-hmm. came home, and NIL was brand new. And so, what did you see? hey, so-and-so is going to be at our restaurant today, and they get a few hundred dollars to show up. Mm. Uh, we would see, the, of course, the most notable earners in the NIL world are people who are influencers, mm-hmm. which is probably true whether they were playing a sport or not. If you've got five million people following your TikTok channel, hey, you reach an audience. It makes sense. But needless to say, being college athletics fans i started to say football but it's much bigger than that particularly here at mississippi state probably starts on the other end people start to say okay what can we do within the framework of the law to help these student athletes and in turn to help our university and so you saw people move outside the classic business endorsement model the classic signing autographs making appearances model and what you saw was people who were fans of a school coming together and saying hey let's try to make a difference let's give an nil deal to to a player and we need money to do it let's pool our money because we can't individually always do those things Mm -hmm. and then the important thing is and this is the thing that gets missed in a lot of discussions is they have to do something there has to be a quid pro quo this isn't free money to players so then the question is as a collective what do you want to do and in our collective and in, in our approach, the Bulldog Initiative, what we're trying to do is to use those players to promote the things we care about. Startwell, the local community, uh, the Cotton District, uh, the Mississippi State University, the athletic teams. Uh, we'll even get down to the colleges. So basically what collectives are, it's a business. Uh, the Bulldog Initiative is an LLC, just the same way somebody's other business might be. But the effort and the goal is to... Uh, make engaging with athletes a primary focus. I know that you have been working harder than maybe anybody else in the state of Mississippi for the past few months getting this together. You just got your website up and running. Just for where you are, do you feel good about where you are? Yes, it's like everything, and I think it's kind of where we would say a lot of times where we are as Mississippi State fans in general. Hey, we're competing, but we need to do more. And there's... uh, Somebody once told me that if I waited until I could afford it to have kids, I'd never have any. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like uh, NIL. If we, if we wait around to contribute until we think we've got enough, we'll never have enough. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, I told somebody, like, the Yankees always need more starting pitching. We always need more money. This year, are you sure? <laughs> well, yeah, every year. Okay. Uh, but it's one of those things you never have enough. And so people ask all the time, do you have enough? No. Oh, so it's a failure? Oh, no. No, we're doing some good things, 
but we always need more and to say what does it mean to want more billy napier came out and said that an sec football team needs 20 million dollars to be competitive ryan day at ohio state says i need 13 million dollars just to keep my roster together now we know part of what's going on there when billy napier goes seven and five he wants to say you guys only gave me 10 you got what'd you expect you got half the money half the wins there's some excuse building going on in there but even the big schools are, you know, there's the outliers. There's your A&Ms of the world, but everybody's trying to piece it together. But we feel really good. I'll tell you, people have been engaged. People have been interested. But we've always been outspent, and we're still going to. we just got to be smarter. What's the relationship like between NIL and the university? Because, you know, the university wants Mississippi State fan dollars, too. The Bulldog Club and, and all the academics and everything else. But now this is another way, and in a lot of ways, this is the most important way because this is how the players are going to start coming to Mississippi State. What's the relationship like between your, your collective and the university right now? It's been great. One of the things that you have to do under state law in Mississippi is anytime an agreement takes place, it has to be disclosed to compliance. Uh, Mississippi State's compliance department's been outstanding. They've been responsive. The university, the state law changed a couple of months ago to allow universities not to do deals, but to be a little more active in pointing people in the right direction. I will say this. Mississippi State University is doing everything that it can legally do to help its athletes secure NIL deals, whether through the Bulldog Initiative or through anything else. I have been... You know, it's easy as a state fan. I've been one my whole life to sit around and say, we aren't doing enough. We aren't. Do- we ought to do more. And they've, they've done everything they possibly can, so it's been good. You touch on an important issue, though, which is a lot of people are going to be looking and saying, well, man, I'm giving to the Bulldog Club. You want me to do over here. Which is more important? And the answer is both. Mm-hmm. But I'm a Yankees fan, which I know will not make you happy. <laughs> but if we go back to – It could be worse. <laughs> that's right. But think back to the late 90s. Yankee Stadium, in its old iteration, was a dump, Mm -hmm. but they had the best teams. Mm -hmm. And the early 2000s, Boston Red Sox, it pains me. They were pretty good. Fenway, at the time, before he being remodeled, I mean, it had the big green monster, but there was nothing special about the facilities. I think we've seen a real shift in college athletics over the past three years. It's a lot more like that major league model. We don't, you know, pitching labs are great. Indoor training facilities are great, uh, but that's not necessarily the primary motivation. The other thing that I think helps Mississippi State right now, there's never a good time to deal with NIL, particularly when it intersects with the transfer portal. We can talk about that later. But if you look at a facility standpoint, which the Bulldog Club is always behind, we're at a good time because – Football's got some things taking place. We have the best baseball stadium in the country, mm-hmm. so nothing we need to do there. Mm-hmm. We've got a new tennis facility. The tracks that we're where we need to be. The hump renovations are underway, and so if ever there were a time, the good news is, had this happened three years ago, and we're trying to now raise money for the Humphrey Coliseum, it's a much much different problem. But all that to say, the university's been great. You hit on something there with the Bulldog Club because there's a tangible benefit to donate to the Bulldog Club. I donate to the Bulldog Club, I get better seats. There's you know, with NIL, there's really no tangible benefit. You don't see, you know, you, you can make an assumption that what you did helped keep a player or get a player, but you don't know, know that for sure. How how tough a sales pitch is that for you? It is. It's tough. When I told somebody the other day, they said, 
look, I'm spending $18,000 on club seats. I said, well, did you use them in the early 2000s? <laughs> you had them, but was the product there that made you want to go sit in them? And how many times you sit them in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. And so I said, let's start to think now about what's the product that I see when I'm sitting there. And it, it can be a tough sell. Tax laws have changed. So in terms of the tax benefits that people get from giving to the Bulldog Club, it's not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And so there is not much of an exchange except for the benefit that you get in terms of where your seats would have been. But if you think about that, too, baseball, you're not going to improve your seats by giving more money. Right. you got what you've got. Basketball, there may be some is when there are reseedings that come along, but it's not going to be huge. Football, look, if you want inventory, they can put you in a good seat for a reasonable price point now. So there, it's a tough and it's a, it's a realistic concern. And one of the things, too, is a lot of people want to know, all right, I'm giving this money, and I want these things to happen, and we do everything we can. Mm -hmm. One of the downsides, though, you go back to talking about the tangible benefits. Sometimes you may say, hey, I want to keep that player. I used to joke that uh, some schools could get $100,000 to buy a player, but if you went back the next year, you could get two hundred dollars to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, I think it's really important that people take a macro sense, not a micro kind of view to it but that is an issue so let's go through the whole pitch then i I, i'm a booster you want my money what's your sales pitch to to msu fans ultimately for me the the big thing i kind of start with is why i got involved in this and it involved uh, like a lot of bad ideas sitting at home at night watching tv i was mad at a game i was watching and i had a lot of frustrations in terms of and, and i made the statement i said why aren't we doing something? And my wife, as she will sometimes do in her understated ways, looked at me and said, well, who's we? And I thought, well, that's a good point. Somebody, somebody ought to be doing something. Yeah. And so I kind of got that in mind. All right, well, who's the somebody? And many times in life I open my mouth and I get myself in trouble and, and here I am. So for me, what happened was I saw that there was a need. I saw that we were being passed. And what I tell people is there are a lot of people who hate NIL. They particularly hate NIL when it intersects with the transfer portal and creates to what some appears to be a free agency situation. Mm -hmm. But to some degree, it's like arguing against gravity. Mm -hmm. You can like gravity or not, but it's a force of nature, and we have to deal with it, and NIL is the same way. At the end of the day, what I care about more than anything in the world is winning games at Mississippi State, and that's probably my parents fault it probably got put in me at too young an age but i want to win and the truth of it is if we don't get involved and we don't do something we're not going to win and when we when we want to go to the message board i do it like everybody else and i go there and i want to complain well we're not coaching enough we're not look the the bottom line is i can yell at my college junior all i want to he still can't dunk okay i can yell at him all i want to and he's not shooting a 64 at a golf tournament there's just a reality that we can say, man, I want these guys who want to be here. Well, my son wants to be here. So if you want him playing shortstop, um, just get ready for 48 errors Yeah, a game. Yeah. You know, our, our lives would be a lot easier if we could go back in time and convince our dads to be Alabama fans. I just, oh, my I just goodness. want to say that. Uh, you probably get – I'm going to assume you get some no's when you talk to people. When you do get that, what are their reasons? Is it as simple as I don't want – I think an education's enough and I don't want to pay players? Or is, is it something deeper than that? 
That tends to be it, mostly. There are a lot of philosophical objections. And some people have softened on them over time. And I use baseball as the example. The average scholarship that a baseball athlete at Mississippi State gets is 42%. Mm. And that's on average. And so you start to look and you think about, and again, I go back and forth like everybody else. I identify with all these issues. But you look at a guy and you say, well, he ought to just want to be here. Well, go pull up some of the message boards and read what gets said about some of these guys when they're in a slump. Go read Twitter and go listen to some of the things said. Do you do they want to be there that bad that they're going to pay to do that? Yeah. And uh, and again, now me, yeah, I would have loved to play, but I never had a first choice, much less second and third choices. And so what I tell people is this idea that's out there, and they exist, these big, big deals that are making people money, they exist, but they're very, very few and far between. What we're talking about in baseball at Mississippi State is trying to put guys in a spot where they're not going in debt. I mean, think, think about this. I'll phrase it a hypothetical, but there's some truth behind it. Third-year players got $80,000 in student debt. They get drafted, and they are offered a signing bonus of $100,000. A kid can could have come back, could have helped you, or they figure they're probably going to make the big leagues anyway and go play for a year or two, and I'm not in debt. Mm-hmm. Or what's the or to that kid? It was, hey, we don't have a scholarship left for you because we thought you were going to be gone, but come on back, and now let's make that 80, 110. And so what this is trying to do, nobody's getting rich. <laughs> Nobody. This is not an elaborate pay, guys. It's you hope some guys have a little bit of walking around money and you you hope that people, particularly in baseball, who want to come back and help you aren't made worse for doing it. I know that on on the website and people deal with you, they can tell you, hey, I want this money to go to football. I want this money to go to basketball. If I don't tell you and I just donate, where does the money go? So one of the other questions that we're asking is people to try to prioritize the, the best way I know to describe it is it's a mix of going where the fire is the hottest, going where the hole in the dam is the biggest, and, and patching it up. The other thing that we do is we try to take into consideration what the priorities are. So, look, we have somebody already who has donated that wants to see NIL deals with volleyball, and they're passionate about that. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to do deal volleyball. Mm-hmm. And and we're look and that's that's perfectly whether it's tennis golf track you name it we want to be a reflection of what people see and we want our student athletes to at mississippi state to be you know all involved wherever we can but there's no complicated formula you one of the things that you see is there's a little bit of a rotation so if you go back a couple of months ago you know basketball was they're, they're kind of under the gun baseball we're about to see it because here's what's happening right now in baseball we have five athletes on campus already who haven't played yet, but, you know, the draft starts Sunday. Mm-hmm. And some of those guys are going to have to make some decisions of, hey, I've been offered a million bucks, possibly all five of those guys, a million dollars or more. And so then, you know, so needless to say, baseball right now is a reasonably hot topic. You've also got the situation where you've got players who uh, – may get drafted that are late they've already been playing here and they've got to make the decision of whether to come back or not and so baseball right now candidly is you know in in terms of where you are that's in your mind and we know that before too long the conversations in football will be taking place and it'll be on you know kind of on the hot seat so to speak Uh, but 
what we try to do is we try to be as fair as we can. We try to recognize where needs are and where they're urgent. Do you, do you talk to coaches about that, or do you talk to people in Mississippi State that say, this kid has been talking to me, He might you might need to talk to him? I think the safest way to say it is that I have a uh, – I do my very best to get a very good understanding of – of the conversations that are taking place. What a lawyer answer, my friend. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, I know you're old enough to remember. You remember the old, you can feed a kid for 25 cents a day ads, right? Oh, yeah. So what can I do for $50 a month? What does that get you? It helps a lot. And people will be surprised by that. But if you go and you look at the size of most deals that are taking place, not just at Mississippi State, but across the country. Mm-hmm. There are many deals. A lot of people are familiar last year where all these players started coming out, barstool athlete. Yeah. They were getting a sweatshirt. They, in the right to call themselves a barstool athlete, they weren't really, the money was very small. Mm-hmm. We've seen deals where people are getting a pair of blue jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things you would love to do is to be able to help um, some guys, if they have a speaking engagement or something, you'd like to, be able to help structure a deal and we work with businesses by the way Mm -hmm. so if somebody had a clothing store and they wanted an athlete to to work with them we'll connect them Mm -hmm. and so you go back to that fifty dollars a month that would have bought somebody a new suit and to do some things so that when they go out and they represent us and they're speaking they feel good about themselves and they're a positive reflection and so it it matters it all matters now to be clear you also need significant money but you need the, the grassroots contributions. To that point, as an example, I was looking at the statistics before I came in this morning. Because I looked, too, at the demographics. We have a ton of people between ages of 23, 28, 29 who are giving $15, 20 $25 a month. And you say, well, what good does that do? It does good for a couple of reasons. One, it all adds up. But number two, I think over the years, I've probably been one of those people who's been a little bit critical of uh, – well, I don't want to be too controversial, certain athletic programs, for not engaging people early enough. Yes. Because I always say this, if you wait until somebody is wealthy to ask for their help, mm-hmm. it's no different. If, if the first time I showed up here is to say, hey, Brian, I need something from you, yeah. you're, you're going to hate seeing me come. I think it's important that we start building relationships and getting people involved early. And if that's 10 bucks a month, that's great. Because if anything anybody's trying to do, it matters to us. You hit on something a second ago. You talked about businesses. Let's say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a business owner, and I'm not particularly interested in donating money to the, the initiative, but maybe I'm interested in having my business associated with the initiative. How do you go about that? All right, so let's say that um, – let's say you own a pizza place. Okay. Okay. You and, I, you, you and I are two food guys. Yeah. And so both like Italian food, I assume. Absolutely. All right, so if you've got a pizza place and you say, Charlie, look, I want to get involved. I don't know how. And there's a lot of reasons somebody may not know how, Mm -hmm. because during the process, there has to be a contract. There has to be an agreement drawn up. A lot of people don't like drawing up agreements. The other thing that has to happen on the back end is if you sign an agreement with someone, there's a tax obligation in terms of reporting with 1099s, doing those things. And so some people are going to say, man, I want to help. I I don't want to do all this stuff. I don't know how to call somebody. I don't know how to talk to somebody. What we're doing is trying to work not just in taking people's money, but serve as an interface. And so if they call us up and they say, hey, we really want an athlete that, hey, they can come eat once a month, and we want them to tweet out good things about us, we can help make the connections, we can help uh, help draw up the agreements and do all those things to, to help for them. 
you think about the, the relationships in the SEC. You know, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are friends. They talk to each other. John Cohen and Keith Carter, I don't know if they're friends, but you know they speak to each other. Do you speak to other NIL people? Have you talked to anybody over at Ole Miss, Alabama, and, and you know, played off of them? A little bit. I would say that what has been interesting is the further you go, the more people are willing to talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of people seem to have this mindset that they've invented the formula to Coke. You know, that hey, don't, don't let them in our secrets. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, the other thing that is happening right now is, and we are actually able to work closely with a company called Altius. Yes. Altius is a company that actually represents over 30-something Power 5 schools. I forget the exact number. It was 32 last I spoke to them. Mm-hmm. And they've been a great source of information in, in terms of they won't always tell you who has encountered your issue and who came up with it, but they can say to you, all right, look, let me tell you what we've seen work some other places. And it's been a great way to have an exchange of information and ideas. And, look, the rules keep changing on this all the time. So it also helps because you can say, all right, can I do this? Yes. Can I do this? Oh, no. And so it helps keep you in the boundaries, too. So we're seeing more exchanges of information. And some of the schools, I'll use the University of Florida as an example. They're trying to do things right. Uh, The groups at Auburn are trying to do things right. And some aren't. And that's not a knock on anybody locally. I I don't – most of the ones I have concerns with are – uh, in the state of Texas, uh, in terms of uh, some of the approaches they're taking, not that I think they're unethical, they're just doing things in terms of they're tax aggressive. laws that I wouldn't do. Yeah, I'm not going to jail for this. I wouldn't do that either. For you. you mentioned taxes. That's something I see a lot. People are like, "What are these kids? Do they know how to pay taxes?" Which you know, I think back to my first job at 15. I knew how to fill out a 1040 EZ. It wasn't that difficult, but. You know, these are 1099s, I assume. These are, you know, contracted employees. If, if they're doing something, kid gets three, $4,000, there, there's some taxes in there. How, do, do you guys advise them on how to deal with that? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that part of our goal, everything we're trying to do is to help. And so one of the things that we take head on is tax consequences. And for anybody getting anything significant at all, We're actually getting involved in doing withholding. We're reserving money for taxes on the front end. And we say, why is that? Because I don't want somebody showing up two years later Mm -hmm. with an IRS letter saying, well, nobody told me. So in the agreements that we do, it's bold, underline, italics, (laughs) you know, everything else. But then we're also being proactive and we're sitting down and having the discussions about what taxes look like. You'll find some guys all of a sudden are interested in tax policy who were not before. (laughs) And they start saying, well, wait, what happened? It's, hey, taxes. And so we are absolutely doing those things. The other thing, I'll tell you, a place that a lot of people, not just at Mississippi State or otherwise, people who didn't understand that there's a tax consequence for getting things that aren't monetary. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was actually visiting with the, the Altius group I was mentioning earlier, and they had a group of players at another school who had gotten some club memberships. And somebody had asked them, well, how much are you going to get taxed on this? And the guy said, well, I didn't get any money. I'm not getting taxed. It's kind of, you know, sit down. Uh, we need to have a talk. I know you well enough to know that you know, you've been a successful attorney here in, in Sarwell for, for a long time. You wouldn't jump in on this if you didn't think you could do it. My, my question is, you know, is there a time frame? When do you feel like, okay, we're going to have things where I want them to be to make sure that Mississippi State is staying competitive, in, a lot of buzzwords here, in the new landscape of college football? I don't know that we'll ever get there, uh, to be honest, because I, I feel like to some degree it's 
like chasing perfection. Mm-hmm. It's it's chasing this ideal that we will probably never get to. And I think uh, I've, maybe I'm a little bit like Sisyphus. I've been you know cursed to push the rock up the hill only to see it come back down because we're never we're never going to get over it's that. Twice edge. in less than a year, we've made the Sisyphus uh, reference on a thunder and lightning related. Oh wow, uh, podcast. that's so well. I knew good. I was coming to the upscale podcast <laughs> here, so. Uh, tried to bring my a game with my dictionary today but i don't know and uh i don't know that we'll ever get there unfortunately and i don't and that's not to say it would be unsuccessful but i think the problem is you keep feeding the monster and the monster grows and the monster wants more Mm -hmm. i think realistically what we are looking at people ask me how long is this going to be with us and this goes back to answering your question a little bit the only way this changes is there's a couple of ways, but the most most likely way, I think, is for the U.S. Congress to get together, make exemptions to antitrust laws that just says we're creating a new structure of how you can do it. A lot of people say we think they're going to see that in two years. I take a dimmer view of congressional activity than most, so I say five. Okay. And so, I'll be happy if it happens in my lifetime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so that's one way. The only other way I see it is if the, quote, power five schools withdraw from the NCAA, Mm -hmm. thereby remove what would be classified at least arguably as a monopoly, and then they can set their own rules. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a problem we're going to have. And and somebody said, well, if it's not going to be here forever, why are we doing this? I said, I'm not not a huge motorsports fan, but to borrow from NASCAR – if you think about it, this is the caution period. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit idle in the pits and get shuffled to the back of the line at the restart. If you if you want to think about opportunities, what I said was, this thing will change. This thing will get restarted. This is our chance to get the front of the line when it happens. And so it's a challenge, but I also think there's an opportunity there. One last thing. You know, Mississippi State is a program that's done more with less its entire existence, basically, especially football. Uh, but over the past decade, you know, you, you, they've been to bowl games every year. They've won a lot of games. They've put a lot of players in the NFL under the old structure. Do you, do you feel like under the new structure, Mississippi State can still stay in that that range of we're competitive, we're going to bowl games, we're putting play, we're getting good players, assuming things go your way in in the NIL world? Yes, I do. Now I think we also have to be realistic about it. We're and people can say, well, we, we demand more, we expect more, and I understand that philosophy. And look, I want to go 11 and Little and kids demand things too. all the time. That's yeah. right. I think the key for Mississippi State is that we have to figure out how to be an eight-win football team every year. Mm-hmm. And then, now and then, what it does is it gives you a chance to have that special year when things line up mm-hmm. and you jump up to 10. Mm-hmm. But you got to you have to keep knocking on the door to be able to, to finally get through it periodically. So what has to happen at Mississippi State for that to work? We are never, ever, ever going to be in one of these real or imagined Texas A&M situations mm-hmm. where we've got a bunch of money for a signing class. But you know what we can do? We can still go down to Kemper County. We can still go to Rolling Fork. We can still go to, you know, you pick it in uh, Woodville. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but the point of it being we can still go to these places and we can still find those guys that people don't have highly rated and you start to look at i'm a big defensive football guy which makes me just an anachronism i know it's all about offense now but i still believe in a guy like zach arnett and what i believe is that you can take an emmanuel forbes that you can take a crumb you can take these guys a tyrus wheat and 
you can develop. And the key for NIL to me is that you have to, once you've identified these, quote, two stars who you can develop, then you got to hang on to them. Because what you don't want to do is become the farm club for a bigger school. Right. And so what I see is NIL in the football world, Very, we're not going to be out. Do, first of all, we're not going to break the law. We're not going to break the law or NCAA rules and go out and be dealing with high school kids and making inducements. But what we can do is when kids get here, we got to keep them. I told somebody the other day, my pitch was this. We are never going to consistently line up and beat Alabama with our 19-year-olds beating their 19-year-olds. Right. Our 23-year-olds might. Yeah, and uh, you go back last year. Why was Ole Miss so good? Uh, their average they, they had like a BYU average age, right? It's like everybody been on a mission and come back. Yeah, and, you know, and so be a little different mission at Ole Miss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but that's but that's part of the challenge for us is you need your Tyrus Weeks. You need those guys to have that extra year and give you something special and stay here to do it. People want to contact you. What do they need to do? They go to the BulldogInitiative dot com. Uh, my email address is on there. I think my cell phone is probably on there. This has been, uh, to say around the clock, wouldn't do it justice. It, it's basically been all I've been doing for five or six months, much to the chagrin of some people who I have a day job to work for. But I'm doing it because it matters. I, I couldn't hit a curveball. I was slow. I, I couldn't tackle. I couldn't do a lot of things. I never had a chance to make a difference on the field. And I feel like, without being dramatic about this, I feel like as a Mississippi State fan and as a Mississippi State fan base, for years, for example, we've sat around and complained about Vanderbilt with a scholarship advantage in baseball. It is in our power to fix that. We can fix that right now. We need to raise about $350,000 to get ourselves even with them. Okay? We've complained about it. Now we can do something. And I have a belief that this is the time that we can make the most tangible difference within the rules, legally, but improve the situation we have, not just for the school, but for the athletes as well. All right. Charlie Winfield, the Bulldog Initiative. Thanks for coming in, man. Man, I enjoyed it. It was good. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.